With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Gearing up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. It's time for gearing up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. Our special guest this morning is Lee Rayner of Fishing Edge fame and plenty more. Good morning, Leroy. How you going, guys? Now, we caught up with you a few weeks ago, Lee. Hand over the 750 North Hand over the 750. You and I were, were, were talking about uh, fishing for EPs and Aaron switched off because you, <laughs> you, he just doesn't get it, Pat. No, nah, he's a, he's, he's a, uh, a meat and potato sort of fisherman. Only uses bait. <laughs> I like steak and veg he's and mash. Not, he's not classy. <laughs> I don't have Ray-Bans and a, and a Range Rover. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Something that neither Lee and I uh, have either. But we were, we, we were talking about fishing for EPs. Um, Estuary perch for those. Estuary that, perch. Yeah. Yep. Um, really a bucket list fish for so many people, um, mainly yep. Pat, and, and <laughs> using flies to catch them. Um, and you, you really you got me excited when you were talking about it and, and how you fish for them. It's where we want to kick off this morning's chat. Yeah, well, look, I suppose the, you know, the great thing about EPs is people probably don't realise how widespread they are because you get them down your way paddle and we get them all the way down to Glenelg River in the west and you get them all the way up to the Hawkesbury you know, in New South Wales, and they're in drains and estuaries and creeks, you name it, they're perched there in a lot of places. Except Bass Strait. <laughs> they're not in Bass Strait. Well, do you know what? They do get into Bass Strait. Don't say that. <laughs> Here's the fact. They will actually migrate from estuary to estuary. There's been perch that have come out of places like Malacuda and ended up down in Gippsland Lake. Yeah, right. That have been that right? That's how much they can do it. And they've actually been netted out in, like, 30 fathoms and 40 fathoms of water, which is 60 to 80 metres of water. So talk to us how, how you've fished them uh, throughout your your fishing life because it's obviously changed as technology's gotten better, lure yep. um, construction's changed, and then, and then fly fishing, obviously. Yeah, totally. And the first perch I ever caught properly were on the fly. Um, they're just made for it. They're basically barrow of the south. And a lot of the areas you're fishing are shallow or weedy or snaggy and stuff like that. And, and they, they love eating stuff off the surface. They love eating prawns and things. And there's so many good flies that imitate all that sort of shrimpy stuff so well. Um, so fly fishing for me is probably one of my favourite ways to chase them. That's, that's without doubt. But they'll eat plastic, they'll eat divers, they'll eat all, you know, different stuff. So. When you fish for barra, obviously it's it's almost as slow as you can possibly go. Yep. The techniques for retrieval when it comes to fly and and lure when it comes to EPs? Yeah, it's, it's a funny one, guys. Like with plastics and hard bodies, you tend to fish them as slow as you can, right? You get a hard body down and just twitch it and get it to sit and do all that sort of stuff. But then 
you'll catch them trolling. So when the lure is just moving, but on the fly, I, without doubt, I find the best retrieve is actually quite quick. Just very short, little erratic strips that I suppose it makes the fly look like a little prawn or a shrimp, just you know darting through the water. And and that fast retrieve on the fly really seems to fire them up. That's for sure. What about timing, Lee? Is it is it middle of the day? Is it early in the morning? Late afternoon? Oh, look, they're, they're built for night feeding. Those things got big eyes, big mouth, all that sort of stuff. But they do feed at any time of the day. They love the tides. Basically, um, you know, a tide change is good just like it is for any fish. Um, and I do like my run-out tides. Basically, just anyone who fishes for barramundi, in most cases, a run-out tide is so good because it's, you know, less water into a creek or an estuary. You know, the fish are more confined. They're waiting for the food to get flushed down to them and it just tends to work. So run-out tide would be my favourite. I love that period building up to a full moon. Um, but you know what? Perch are perch, man, and they're just one of those fish. You could put a 1,000 casts at them one day and get nothing, and then the next day you could catch 50. That's just how they are. Uh, it's, I've, seen a, I've seen a dodgy deal go down on that 750 North Bank a few weeks back. <laughs> Lee ran into the car with his head down and come back with a handful of uh, flies. Flies. <laughs> flies. Sorry, I didn't know where I was going there. He come back with a handful of flies, and uh, during the week just gone, or might even end the last week, Pat goes, I've lost Lee's number. Can you fire it over to me? I said, yeah, no worries. So I sent Lee's number over to Pat. What was the phone call about? No, I was going to thank Lee. Okay, yep. And, <laughs> and then and then maybe, have you got any more? <laughs> <laughs> so, as If you're going to live on the, if you're gonna live on the, the edge, Redmond, and you're going to you know, really cast to the banks, sometimes you, there's going to there's gonna be yeah. some casualties <laughs> of fishing. I'm pretty sure exactly. you were blaming your sore thumb. <laughs> and if you, yeah, and if you're not getting in the salad, mate, you're not getting bit. That's yeah, the truth. Exactly right. <laughs> let's Lee. get away from this rubbish fishing and let's oh. go into some better stuff. Uh, <laughs> Lee headed down to uh, uh, Lake's entrance with uh, his partner a few, well, not even, probably a week or so back. And yep. before we get into the fishing side of things, I just you were heading out to go spinning some flathead, but you come across yep. what's known as a gill net. Uh, can you take us through what it is, what it does, why it's bad for the environment and the fish that you found in it? Yeah, so it was on the last morning fishing, boys, and gill net is basically just like a commercial fishing net. You string it out, it's got the big, basically, mesh holes, the fish come into it, they get caught up, you know, generally around their head and the gills, um, and they're stuck in the net till the net is pulled. And these are so, illegally? 100% illegal. Commercial fishermen in the right places are allowed to use them, but... Um, when a net is placed in a place like this in a waterway where there is no commercial netting because commercial netting has been banned in Gippsland Lake since April 2019. So, um, yeah, man, I was just heading up the lake and I drove past this like 10-litre water drum and there was a bit of breeze and it was just hanging really tight and I'm like, I drove past it and went, that's not right, got a few hundred metres past it and went, yeah, I better go and check. Went back to it and this is, this is the big thing, like this is what people need to be aware of too because it's an illegal activity, right? So I went up to it, I grabbed the bottle, I pulled it up about a metre or two and I could see net and I could see two brims in it and then I look and 100 metres away I can see craypot balls and I'm like, all right, that's the other end of the net. I let it go, seriously, like I had just picked up a dog poo. Like mm-hmm. I'm serious, I just went, yeah, it's a net. Got away from it and went straight over to two other boats and said, guys, I found a net, can you come and help me? And that's this is really important because if you ever do find one, if it's had fisheries or whatever they've got surveillance on it and they could be sitting in the bushes watching waiting for the person to come back and get this net if you start pulling it you're guilty yeah okay and that's what people need to be aware of so i grabbed these two other boats 
said, guys, you've got to come help me, which they, they both, both boats were really happy to do so. This way we could get photographs, we could film it, we could do everything we needed to do to prove that it wasn't our net. All right? I rang fisheries, couldn't get through straight away, I rang Frank Melito, he called the boss at fisheries to tell them what was going on. And the reality is I pulled the net because it was in the middle of Lake Tyres. It wasn't like it was hidden up a, a little arm or something. If it was, I would have left it, got fisheries to go there, and they probably would have put surveillance on it to wait for the guys to come back and get it. But this was in quite a public spot. I reckon the guys had literally probably slept in or something and not you know, pulled the net in time in the morning. Yep. So anyway, we pulled the net. In about 100 metres of net, there was over 60 fish. Um, about 40-odd were still alive, but in the net there was, there was big mullet, there was brim, trevally, there was estuary perch, there was big sand crabs, and there was like 40 ludric that were like four to six pound ludric or blackfish. So um, the net was pretty full of fish, that's for sure, guys. So yeah, and then I had to load the net in my boat. Fisheries knew I had it. So because if you get pulled up even on the highway or at the boat ramp and you've got a, a got net in there. your boat, it's the old, oh no, it's not mine. Exactly. And like, sure it's not. Exactly. You know. so, so talk. Yep. So talk to Sorry. us about the the once you you'd done that, um, the flatties that you chased. I know you were you were throwing a few rapalas, um, yep, and there's some some great shots on your socials. Um, it's a great way to fish for for big flatties. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Like it's you know I I absolutely love getting down any estuary system and spinning for, for flathead and especially big flathead and I like fishing big hard bodies over shallow sand flats for them and I think the big thing people would be really surprised about Pat is a lot of the big ones that you get they come in knee deep or less water Yeah, yeah. so they're over these big sand flats and look anything up to 6 or 7 feet of water is great but those if you said sand flats that are basically you know knee deep to waist deep it is prime place to be fishing for these big flathead. They like big lures because they're, they're sitting up there for two reasons, A, to get warm and B, for a feed. But they don't like to bust their cover for a little three-inch long mullet. They'll bust their cover to eat an eight-inch long mullet, you know, or a whiting or something like that. So naturally, a big lure, you know, big hard body, big wide bait, it's just so good because you know throwing big lures in those areas when you get a bite, it's going to be generally a good fish. So. I think what some people think, yeah, a big lure, three inches long. No, you're genuinely talking about something that's eight inches in length. Like these, yep. these whiting that you, um, or imitation whiting almost that um, yep. you've got on your socials, they're massive. Yeah, yeah. But but if we put it in perspective, like I always say to guys, try and put it in perspective. If you got a ninety mil long diver, right? If I was going and getting mullet in a bait trap to use live for a flathead. If I was getting about 90 mil long mullet, I'd be like, oh, they're not that big. Mm, so yeah, yeah. if people can put perspective on that, same thing. If you go with squid jigs, you give a guy a three and a half size squid jig, and you go, oh, that's a big squid jig, and you go, mate, you put whole silver whiting under a float. You should have so, the size of the salmon that I was getting the squid on during the week. You'd be in <laughs> shock. <laughs> well, like that, you just if you try and put it in perspective, a lot of the time we are actually way undersized with our lures to what? the natural food source is. So there, I love nothing more than tying on 120 to 150 mil long hard body fishing for flathead paddy. That is like, that to me is just fishing. I absolutely love it. And you know what the best thing is, Pat? The best thing 
This will be good. There's no snags on Sam Flat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there's going to be something history perch coming in here. You know what? No, 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 no snag. Given that's the final comment, I think we should wrap. Up. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap up, Lee. <laughs> Lee Reinhardt, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're looking forward. Uh, quite clearly to the new season of Fishing Edge as well. Lee Rayner, thank you. Thank you, guys, as always. More information on Fishing Edge, head to www.fishingedge.com.au. That was gearing up for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91